Welcome to episode 46 of the Sports Memory Podcast. We got a full crew this week. Uh, Mr. Marcus, Derek, Brandon, and yours truly, Drew Forbes, are all on board. Uh, This week, we discuss bad fan bases. Who are they, and how do they come about? We also give our predictions for the remainder of the NFL season and the playoffs. Which teams will rise and which teams will fall within this expanded format? Also sample some of the upcoming week 14 of the NFL season and argue a lot, which is always a good time. Let's get this thing started, baby. Thank you for joining us. So awful fan bases. We all know them. Just me saying those words, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I I thought I knew who all the awful fan bases were. But every time, every year, every season, when a different team seems to emerge from obscurity, I always discover new awful fan bases. And this year, it's the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers. The previously undefeated and now disgraced 11-1 Pittsburgh Steelers, who... Honestly, I've never really thought bad about this fan base, but ever since I started joining Facebook groups, and that's probably my bad for joining the awful culture that is Facebook groups, but I just realized what a whiny pack of bitches this group is. And joining with us today are two Steeler fans, <laughs> Brandon and Marcus. So, and, and one of the whiniest bitches. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I don't know. I, I think a lot of Brandon's is act. But man, dude, talk to us. Uh, whiny, whiny fan bases um, in general, and the Steelers. Well, so well. First of all, Brandon and Marcus, you guys are Yinzers. Uh, have you guys acknowledged that Steelers are whiny fans, or is that is that all in my imagination? Well, without a doubt, uh, but you're having that with every every single team. Uh, I think everything is starting to get progressively uh, worse and worse with the internet trolling, man, because you get 13 million people, uh, the memes are flying at one loss, and you get 88 different versions of why your team sucks. It kind of It's all about getting under each other's skin. Right. Um, but from the Yenzers, I do know, yeah, they're uh, a little too proud to admit when, they're, when, they, when they get stomped on, but it's, seeing it everywhere, man, everywhere. To go with a Mike Tomlinism, the standard's a standard. You know, and uh, and and you know, when we feel like the world is against us, uh, we're going to let you know because uh, how dare you come at the king? You know, uh, we have the most Super Bowls, uh, we have one of the highest winning percentages. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, we, uh, we 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 have we have earned the right to whine. We will continue to whine, and we'll be unapologetic about it. Uh, because that uh, that is who we are. That is what we do, and you better get fucking used to it. Uh, because uh, here we are. So you know you have as many Super Bowls as the Ravens during your lifetime, right? See, that's a great point. That, that's yeah. where I always I always get tripped up on when you talk about like the fucking the Yankees and the 49ers fans and some of these teams that won before the salary cap era. And to me, you, know, you break out break the NFL into error. There's three errors. There's before the merger. There's from the merger to the salary cap, and there's there's salary cap to now. And if you did all your winning back when there was no salary cap and you could build these dynasties and, and not have any maneuvering to lose them, you build a steel curtain and a schmuck like Terry Bradshaw can win four Super Bowls. I mean, <laughs> so here's the thing I get caught up with. And when they say, oh, during your lifetime, during your fucking lifetime, Drew, why are you a Vikings fan? Because uh, I'm from Minnesota. 
why, why are you why are you really a Vikings fan? Because I'm from Minnesota. Uh, the it's correct like answer, all the Super Bowls. Uh, the the right correct answer, and when when you're not just trolling, is because your dad, right? Like I'm a Steelers fan because of my dad. You know, I I've watched games with him. I've had discussions with him. You know, I mean, it it almost comes up at every family event. So I mean, yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch. You know okay. the steel, so the steel a, curtain Steelers. So, but I got to experience that through my dad. It, how it's how old is your dad? My, head. Uh, my dad is in the sixties. See, my dad's in the sixties too. So your dad was like six when they won their first Super Bowl. He was born in sixty three. So, um, you know, when when they went in the run, he was in high school where we where we all so was nine, loved our teams nine to fifteen. Yeah, where we all became real big <laughs> fans, right? Like I never knew more stats than I knew when I was nine to fifteen. You know. Um, sure. so that, that's why I don't get the whole, Ooh, you know, during your lifetime, I'm not a fan. You know, I never, I, I moved from Pittsburgh when I was four years old. You know, I mean, if we, if we want to talk about like where I'm from, I should be a fucking Colts fan. Well, but let, I'm not. Well, yeah. Hold on. I think we're getting a little bit off topic. So I want to get back to why, why are the Steelers this year, especially annoying because the Steelers have been good in the past, but there is something different about Steelers fans this year. And it's bizarre because we have a Facebook group. And everybody either claims to be Steelers fans or Steelers haters. And everybody thinks that everybody else in the group is is everybody on the other side. By my count, there's a lot of Steelers fans in that group. And yet every Steelers fan's like, man, there's so many Steelers haters in here. Like, I, what think, is I think it? it's a level of anxiety. I think they know that their window is closing. Yeah. And if, I, they, and if they don't win another Super Bowl with Big Ben, the, the path to be the first to seven, which is something that they think is important. Uh, and the Patriots have ran up behind them. The 49ers are right there. Uh, the Cowboys could go on a run and pass them. I, I think that that's something that, that really makes them anxious because football is such a, that, such a Pittsburgh identity. It's, just, it's all about trolling, though. Um, you're giving every, you're, it's all it is. That's why, that's why everyone's – people are feeding into the bullshit. So, take, for example, growing up, my older sister – uh, I used to love doing shit to piss her off. And I still do because I get a big reaction. Um, so Steelers fans are either responding or instigating it. Maybe a lot of people just don't have enough shit to do with their day um, and, re- and really don't follow the sport. And they just, it's their history. It's the team, um, which is why I just can't take anything serious. But that's why everyone's so pissy on, on both ends of the, of the spectrum. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think Derek hit it, hit it, you know, in, in the head, I mean, our literal bridges are the color of our sports teams. Like <laughs> the you know Pittsburgh is their, their sports teams are so much of what uh, what goes on in in the family dynamics and the friend dynamics in, as the city as a culture. You know, um, so I think I'm not that it means much. I mean, that's literally a, a snobby, obnoxious take uh, in and of itself. But it it does make up so much of people's personality and identity, and, and people take it personal. And people take it overboard because that's what you do when when you get too emotionally attached. Yeah, uh, I think there's I think, my pragmatic view. My 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 personal view is go fuck yourselves. We're the best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I see. I personally think um, it was the undefeated thing. I think that that played a lot into it. I think if they would have lost their second game and then won every other game and they're eleven one now, it's a completely different thing. I, I Derek talked about it last time. You know, with the Patriots. I don't know if there's any benefit of being undefeated unless unless you're truly holding on to the number one seed. It seems like it creates more pressure than it's worth. Um, I've seen that almost every time that a team has gone undefeated. And it it always 
really clicks once you hit 10 wins, right? Once you get to 10 wins, like, that pressure really starts to mount. The questions start getting asked. Like, nobody really cares about a 9-0 team. A bunch of teams have gone 9-0. Once you go 10-0, man, the things really start to mount. Um, so, you know, Steelers have gotten really annoying this year, but let's talk about some other annoying fan bases. Who, who besides the Steelers would you say is the most annoying? I think it's hands down Dallas. And and to me, it's it's the combination of not only being annoying, but not having the, the winning pedigree to back it up. Because you look at some of the other annoying teams, yeah, Seattle's annoying, but they've been good for a decade. Patriots fans have become annoying, but they've been good for two decades. The Steelers have consistently been a model franchise. Yeah, they're annoying. But the Cowboys have been annoying and fucking terrible on the field. Yeah. You know, when you when you think about it, uh, think back to like the 07 season with New England, right? When they went undefeated during the regular season. You know what kind of phone I had? I had a flip phone where we were, we were playing Snake. <laughs> like, like the, I think that's why every, everyone gets so like intense now because everything's so active and you're you're connecting to so many people. And it's really hard to think that five years ago was that big of a difference. But you know, the way technology is advancing, man, it's it's. It's killing everyone. We're not killing everyone, but like it's getting everyone real, real uh, hyped up. And it could be just a product of, I mean, this this kind of quarantine season where so much of, of people's lives is being lived virtually that you're you're in these fan groups. You're in like football and, and sports in general is like the only release we have right now. So I think people are even more dedicated and, and ingrained than they normally would Invested. be. Yeah. yeah. Yes. For sure. So Brandon Britt built a pretty good list earlier. Uh, you got uh, the Cowboys, uh, un- undeniably. I mean, historically, they're one of the worst fan bases. But equally annoying as the Cowboys, I think, are the Packers. Um, yeah. be- and the Packers have had way more success than the Cowboys over the last 20 years, way more success. But they're still an underachieving franchise for what they've had. And so I think that that has kind of played into it. Like, why, why, has, why have the Packers not been as prolific of a franchise as, as a Patriots over the last 20 years. You go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, you have two Super Bowls to show for it in, in what, three decades? Well, I think Aaron Rodgers is part of that benefit. And let's be honest, you, if you go from, from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, you're fucking spoiled yeah. as, as a fan base. And that, but I think he's also kind of a catch twenty two. Yeah, he's he's good enough to will you to a Super Bowl to drag that team kicking and screaming to, to success. But he's taking so much money off the table. It's like the opposite of the Tom Brady model, where it's hard to build a team around him because he's taking so much of the capital. Right? He doesn't give a shit about it either. I mean, Not he, one I mean, he <laughs> he really is a me 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 guy, um, and un, unapologetically about like his literally family doesn't talk to him. That's so much of a dick. This guy is. And that's another fan base where, like, football is such the I, – I, what else do you know about Green Bay besides the Packers? Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 have you ever heard of chicken hawk syndrome? So the, 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 chi- yeah. the chicken hawk is the tiny little bird in, um, the, in, in uh, Looney Tunes that, like, he, he's, he's small, and so he's got, like, a chip on his shoulder. It's, it's basically like Napoleon syndrome. Um, little man syndrome. That it, that really is what Green Bay is. Uh, they they have nothing nothing no nothing going on in that town. The only good city in all of Wisconsin is Milwaukee. They know it. Yeah. Everybody knows it. My old roommate in Indianapolis lived in Green Bay. He says it's the worst fucking city he's ever lived in, in his life. So uh, I mean, I, I've really never heard anything good about Green Bay. The only thing to do in Green Bay is go to Packers games. So they I them I get, but Dallas. Uh, who else did we name? The Patriots. Seattle. Uh, yeah, Seattle. God damn. There's Especially Seattle. So yeah, much. I think the, the Patriots is tough because they 
they were very, they were terrible in the seventies. My parents told you know the horror stories of you know sticking to the bleachers because it was so cold, watching them get absolutely just blown out. They were so bad for so long. Robert Kraft takes over in ninety four, and they've been successful since. Yeah. So when you have those two like really stark different eras, and the fact again, I mean they've they've been that good, and and it it kind of I think just the, the fact that Tom Brady was the face of that almost emboldens you more. Cause it, it makes you feel like you're an underdog, like Tom Brady who came from, you know, the sixth round and did all this shit. And I think people kind of identify with that kind of blue collar uh, underdog mentality. And they, I mean, they've become unsufferable. And then on top of it, they've won in the other major sports too. The Bruins have been successful. The Celtics have won. The Red Sox broke the curse and won two. So just as a general city, it's become insane. Uh, the snowball effect in Boston has become has become bad. I mean, they, they have they have a god simplex, and the Yankees suck during it. It's it's just brutal. <laughs> yeah, but all of New York has just sucked during that run. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Giants lucked themselves into two Super Bowls, but you know what? What have what has any of the other New York teams done? Well, I mean, we're like we'll praise the Giants forever, like taking those Super Bowls from Tom. Like, yep. good, good for you. Talk about uh, rooting for the underdog. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll rock a Giants jersey just for that. For that, Ma- imagine an alternate universe where Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls, or sorry, eight Super Bowls and a nineteen and zero. Yeah. Well, I, I imagine a universe where they weren't cheating for a decade and a half, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. See, I, I think the Patriots are insufferable byproduct of their c- city because. Bostonians yes. are just fucking terrible. Um, so I, I think that there's some fan bases that they're a product of their city. Uh, Philly is a product of their city. Uh, Philly is just an aggressive fucking city. Like, the people are awful. I'm married to a Philadelphian, uh, and, you know, her, her family. So they're, 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 they're out there, man. They're out there, people. Um, but, yeah, uh, Boston. But then there's Dallas and Green Bay and Seattle. Like, Seattle, what a chill fucking city. Like, why is why are Seattle fans so fucking awful? I that that I I don't understand. And like Golden State, the Golden State Warriors. Have you ever met a Golden State Warriors fan? They're fucking terrible. Well, yeah. I mean, they don't even they don't even count, dude. No one even liked them until they started winning championships. And it, and you know Seattle, like they they got stomped for a long time too. And then Legion of Boom comes along, and then now all of a sudden you're twelve is in a new stadium. But uh, sweet uniforms, so I'll give them that. <laughs> Who's the least annoying? fan base out there the like, indianapolis colts yeah man agree I, I i think i think that's why i hate them so <laughs> much because like i go to their games and they are so nice mm-hmm. like you can literally hear a pin drop like i literally like i'm i'm you know my typical self yelling screaming and they're like looking at me like this this is how you act like you literally it's like tea and crumpets yeah when you go to when you go to their games their fans don't really throw up a fight like it's weird. Like living here, it's it's like, yeah, I try to provoke. Everyone knows I'm a fucking troll. I'm a provocateur. I try to get things <laughs> riled up and I absolutely can't get under the skin of cold chains. Like, oh, yeah, you know, you're right. We're, we're really not that good. Or, uh, yeah, you actually check Pagano is like a bad coach. Like, or, you know, <laughs> Peyton Manning did kind of underachieve. And I'm like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> did you did you anyone catch Brandon call himself a provocateur? Wow. Did not know you had that opinion about yourself. I guess it's true, but wow. Woo. Okay. I mean, it's definitely true. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of him in Jacksonville, man, just going off on fans and no one was like saying anything but responding. He's like looking at me like, should I keep going? I'm like, fuck it. Let's go, man. Um, so the Vikings play uh, Pittsburgh in Minneapolis next year. We're all going. 
Um, you guys are going to see the Vikings fans are the most hospitable fucking fans in, on earth. It's ridiculous, dude. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm more like Brandon. I'm like sitting there in the stands, like trying during Packers games, like fuck this guy. Do you see yeah. he's wearing an Aaron Rodgers Cal Jersey? Fuck this guy. Uh, uh-huh. Whereas everybody else is just like, yeah, but he's here and like, you know, we're just, we're just, you know, it's like, oh, you, don't don't you. Like, you have stupid fucking hair. Your hair gets fucking dumb. <laughs> so we would, we would go down and see Patriots games in Miami. Uh, so I remember specifically, we went down one Monday night when I was like 13 and after the game, um, some like 30 year old tried fighting me in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, I was throwing something at some Jaguars fan who was trying to talk shit at the beginning of the game. I don't mean I don't even remember what the hell it was. We were so bombed, uh, but I like threw a piece of food up and called him a bitch and like hit his girlfriend, like landed right on her shoulder. They just wouldn't even look around, <laughs> idiots. And I'm not. I usually don't get that aggressive. Right now, Brandon just brought that shit out on me. Well, shit, guys. Uh, now that we're on the topic, we let's just go ahead and get it out there. The Steelers lose to Washington. Um, I. I teased it out there last week. In fact, I was getting ready to drop a massive bet uh, on Washington straight up money line bet. Um, I had a weird feeling about it. Uh, we talked when we talked about it during the pod, you know, with Dupree going out uh, and just kind of the way Washington has been playing. I had a really bizarre feeling about them going in. Um, I'm curious to get your guys' take. Like, what went wrong? Is this something that you need to be worried about as Steelers fans? Like, what, what do you guys think? Well, I've got, I've got a lot of thoughts. Um, one, there's two games going, I guess, going into the Baltimore game that got postponed. Two games that kind of worried me is like potential losses for uh, the Steelers. And Washington was one, Buffalo's the other, as far as matchups go. Washington's really good up front. Uh, they're young. They've got a lot of first-round picks uh, in that front seven, specifically on the front line, and a highly overrated Chase Young. But Pouncy, Pouncy being out—that's that's huge. Uh, you saw um, our backup center snapping the ball into his own ass, um, and it, you know it gets kind of hard to prep. But you know injuries and you're just weak up front, man. And Brandy Fish Fickner is terrible. He's just—he's a little too cute. But I guess sometimes you just have to be cute when you're so bad on the run. Um, have but, the have yeah. the Steelers ever not hated their offensive coordinator though? Oh, I mean, from Bruce Arians to Todd Haley to now Randy Schfinkter. Uh Yeah, we, we, we've hated every single one. Uh, I don't remember who was before Arians, but he sucked. I, yeah. I, I, was, good. <laughs> I was good with Bruce, man. Uh, I had my issues with Todd Haley. Um, but Who did you win a Super execute. Bowl with? Bruce. Yeah, yeah Bruce exactly. Arians. Yeah. How do you how do you hate a guy that fucking brought to you? I, yeah, I don't. I, yeah. I was good with him. I, I still root for the guy. Um, but I... Todd Haley is another guy just got too cute and you're seeing, you still see it a lot with a lot of coordinators uh, just trying to get a little too fancy, get away from basics. Um, just some of the shit that happens is inexcusable, but it really just comes down to take your L learn from it and go forward. The thing that worries uh, I, I, me. I, I, I got to defend this. Why do you hate Bruce? Uh, I hate Bruce for the same reason that Cardinals and Colts and, uh, and Tampa Bay fan, his quarterback sh- scheme allows the quarterback to stand in the pocket for too long to take too many shots downfield put um you know too many risky plays i mean ben was throwing the most interceptions getting sacked the most and getting hurt the most in the bruce arians uh era um so that that's why i didn't he he absolutely put the quarterback in the least advantageous part for his own personal health when it's the most important position 
in, in, in the league. I mean, Colts fans hated the way Bruce Arians called a game for Andrew Luck, like literally almost got Andrew Luck killed for a season or two there. So that's why I dislike Bruce Arians. But um, and, any comments to that, or can I now go into my Steelers diet trap? <laughs> I, I, I just got to say this about Bruce uh, Steelers. You wouldn't be talking about having the most Super Bowls if it wasn't for Bruce Arians. So, uh, man, coming from a franchise that has zero Super Bowls, uh, spoiled. That's all I got to say. What's here, Brandon? <laughs> so, I mean, for me, I'm I'm not worried. Uh, I think it was a ticking time bomb. I, I sort of agree with you that the monkeys off the back. They were clearly playing unfocused, lazy, undisciplined football. Um, you know, just just little things. I haven't watched all of the all 22 yet, but like on that goal line stand, Eric Ebron literally just lined up too wide on that fourth down and allowed Chase Young to slip right in. Like if he hugs the right tackle, you know, you know, Eric Ebron's a big boy. He's not coming on there untouched. That's a little thing. Um, David DeCastro and Chooks Okafor were repeatedly not picking up the right guys when they were stunting on on the other side. Um, you know, drops, penalties, all these things are little things in my mind that are correctable. Like, you know, some teams have glaring holes, like the secondary is bad or, or, you know, or, you know, they, they can't get their offense in rhythm. Or I think the Steelers right now is death by a thousand paper cuts and they're all correctable. Um, and I think losing, you know, when you win close games, it's almost better to get that out of the way because Derek, you're right. I mean, they, they've looked bad. They've should, they should probably have three or four losses, but when you lose and repeatedly, or when you win and repeatedly do those little things incorrectly, you end up just not putting an importance on them. So, you know, I, I think this was a humbling loss for the Steelers. And honestly, I think, you know, we'll look back saying, yeah, that loss in Washington was embarrassing. It's all everyone talked about. And, and they responded, um, you know, appropriately. Yeah, but it's it's the story of the Steelers since 2008. They they lose at least two or three games to teams that don't win more than five games in a season. Um, it's happened every single year, right? That's every just the NFL. Year. That's just the NFL, buddy. I mean, honestly, yeah, well, like, you know, yeah, but I'm saying, but like, there are some really bad teams they've lost to over time, and that's why everyone's talking about waiting for like the Tomlin game. Like Bill Belichick doesn't have a Tomlin game. Like the elite coaches don't ever have that type of game. Um, but well, Belichick it, you know, used to routinely lose to the Dolphins. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that, it happened. There's always these trap games in the NFL more than maybe any other sport. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, they're all professional athletes. They're all the best at what they do. Right. Like it's it's almost impossible to you know expect anyone to go 16 and 0. Like so, you just hope hope you're near the top and win some games in playoffs. I honestly not, think that's, not worried about the loss. Best thing to happen to the Steelers. I, I think the Steelers' loss is the best thing that ever happened to your season. Uh, I almost. Wish you. I think you guys would have been almost better off just dropping one a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, man, you got the monkey off your back. Who cares about the perfect record? Like, what do you want to fucking stick it to Mercury Morris? Like, fuck Mercury Morris. Fuck, fuck the perfect record. Who cares? In the end, it's stairway to seven or whatever the dumb saying is. You guys like to say uh, that's all that's important. Super Bowl is all that's important. Who cares about it? You know, an arbitrary perfect season. Um, I think you guys are better off. I think you'll 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 learn from it. And uh, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of fucking things to be worried about with the Steelers. Um, from a DVO perspective, DVOA perspective, uh, you guys took a massive plummet on the defensive side. Uh, the Steelers have been dominating the defense according to that metric uh, the entire season. Uh, it was by far the worst defensive 
uh, rating performance they've done all year. Uh, so that's concerning. These injuries are starting to pile up, guys. Without a running game in in the in the playoffs, here's what I worry about with the Steelers. How do you beat Patrick Mahomes? There's really only one way. You have to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. You cannot do it with this dink and dunk offense that they have right now, especially with Deontay Johnson and uh, freaking Claypool dropping all these catches. Like, what is going on with these drops? You guys Boys have no. Yeah, you guys have no run game. Um, I think there's a lot to be worried about with the Steelers, uh, and it goes beyond you know these these um, you know just the one loss to, to Washington. I think there's some bad things to come. I do think you guys are going to beat Buffalo, but man, I, I I'm worried about you guys. I really am. I'd be worried about a lot of things, kind of long term here. I, I think that one Bud Dupree missing to Bud Dupree is a huge thing because that lets them that lets people chip on TJ Watt, and I think the pass rush looked really bad uh, this last week. So hopefully that's a one off and not a sign of things to come. But it's one for one right now. Um, and the problem with not having a running game, especially from a Pittsburgh standpoint, is. New England got by without having a run game. There's teams that get by without having a run game, but they have a different, had a different wide receiver personnel. They had a Wes Welker. They had a Julian Edelman. They had uh, guys, Deion Branch, who could work the middle of the field, were reliable catchers, could catch into contact. I don't see that guy for Pittsburgh. Um, and drops, those don't tend to really go away. Eric, Eric Ebron's had a problem dropping the football his entire career. Uh, Johnson doesn't seem to be having doesn't seem to be a really natural hand catcher. And I, I really worry about that. Once you start losing a feel for the ball a little bit in the cold, uh, what that ends up looking like in, you know, in the future here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there on, on the pass rush. You, you are right on, on the run game. Um, that, that's been an issue all season and, and I can get into that, but I mean, on, on Monday night's game, they had three sacks that most teams would kill to have three sacks a game. If you have three sacks a game over 16-team season, you're going to have 48 sacks, which will put you in the top five every year. So they had three sacks. They had seven and a half tackles for loss. They had 10 quarterback hits. So, I mean, I'm going to disagree that the pass rush was... Uh, it's was, not a good offensive line. I think I think against a good offensive line, and they also... Uh, the Redskins lose their best blocking running back in the first quarter. Uh, Gibson goes out with a turf toe injury. So that definitely changes the way you protect the quarterback. That's not a good offensive line. Uh, I think if you take that same pass rush and, and, and same time to get to the quarterback um, against a, a better offensive line team, somebody like the Chiefs, I don't know that you get to the quarterback there. And, I mean, Alex Smith is the definition of an unmobile quarterback at this point in his Correct. career. On, Correct. I mean, it was, it was playing on one leg. Yeah, but it's, but it's also quick passes. Honestly, I didn't. I was I was nervous going into the game that the the streak would end. Uh, Alex Smith doesn't get sacked all that often. They get, they get rid of the ball quick, which is why you know I think they I think his average completion was two yards downfield and finished with two ninety, uh, about two hundred and five yards after the catch. But <laughs> I hate that guy. Um, but there, there's everyone's got hatred ever. <laughs> Everyone's got concerns on the teams, but you know, just gotta get coached properly. And no, uh, I definitely, I definitely think that everybody has problems, and I don't think that Pittsburghs are more glaring than anybody else is. I'm just worried because Pittsburghs don't align to good playoff football. 
the 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 place that Pittsburgh has weaknesses is usually places that need to be a strength in the playoffs. Well, you know, and also don't forget that I think it was the three or four games heading into Baltimore uh, before Pouncey and Connor both went out with COVID. Uh, you know, the Steelers are averaging over 120 yards a game for that month. Sure. Um, so, so that Pat Pouncey is going to be huge. So, um, and honestly, it's probably good that it got COVID. Like, it's never good that anyone gets it, but he's a guy who generally tends to get hurt late in the season. So maybe that that rest will be beneficial for him. You know, and boy, Drew, going forward. Real, real quick, how did the did the offense take a dip in DVOA? Because the it wasn't the Steelers' defense that was the issue Monday night. It was the Steelers' offense. Uh, the defense was on the field permanently, pretty much. Yeah, the the Steelers' uh, def- offense actually took a bump uh, up upward 06 percent. The defense took a negative twenty four percent dive. Yeah. If you if you watch that game, I mean, uh, Marcus, we had to have five three and outs. I mean, we we, we had three three and outs on the first three drives of the game. Um, I, I, I pay zero attention to DVOA. I think Tampa. Yeah, we were talking earlier. I think they're still third. Uh, I think they got rolled by the Saints, gave them up thirty eight points and didn't budge. Um, you know, gave up twenty points, uh, and what they had short field on a couple of those, a couple of those drives. There's, uh, there's always outliers in any, you know, in any advanced metric. Uh, but if you look at the rest of it, I mean, I agree that Tampa is an outlier for sure. But everything else checks out. New, uh, according to DVOA, New Orleans is number one by far. Like they're running away with it. It's, it's ridiculous. I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, they have a ten percent edge over Kansas City, who's number two, um, and then number three is Pittsburgh. Uh, and then Tampa at number four. Sorry, they're at, actually at number four this week. They slipped from three. Um, and then the Rams, Packers, Buffalo. It's hard for me to argue with 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 every every one of those. Honestly, I would argue them. I would argue that exact order. I I actually love that order. I th- I think the Rams at number five. Dude, what about the Rams, man? Um, they are. I, I mean, I, I know you know they they kind of um, inched it out against uh, the Niners last week, but they seem to get better and better every single week. Um, I'm curious, yeah, how this week goes honestly because for whatever reason, New England's deciding to run against what would be beneficial for them, and now they're starting to win a bunch of games um, and beat you know playoff hopefuls and, and teams that on paper should be better than them. So I think the Rams lose. I, I mean, I, I don't know when this is going to come out. So most people already know if they've won or lost. But I, I think I think the I think the Patriots win this game tomorrow. On a short week, I kind of like New England, too. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's um, that's very it's, interesting. It's going to be tough, man. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Rams defense. Uh, this is. <laughs> Just watch out for this being a, uh, a score comparable to the Super Bowl a few years back, 6-3. It's going to be an under-30 game easy. Sure. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're three-quarters of the way through the season. Uh, so it's at this point, you know, let, let's start giving our projections. So uh, just throw, throw out, uh, who, who's winning the Super Bowl this year? <clears throat> I'm still running with the boys. They were my preseason pick. They were my pick week 10 last season. Um I'm not concerned about the loss. I still think that they're better than the Chiefs linebacker stuff there, but Steelers are my pick. Yeah, I have two future bets in right now, uh, and one's for the one's for the Chiefs and one's for the Steelers. Uh, I definitely think an AFC team wins it. I I think I think the NFC team is is, is a mixture. Like I know I know they say you know DVOA says the Saints are the best, but personally I'm more scared of the Packers. You know, but you know I also think the Seahawks can beat and lose to anyone. So. Yeah, the NFC is just n- nothing there. Um, to me, it's it's the Chiefs or the Steelers. 
and uh, it's going to come down to Patrick Mahomes, honestly. So, no, I, no, 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 no rocket science there. I think I, I, I think I have to go Chiefs. Um, I just I don't know. Drew Brees, even before he went out, wasn't super impressive. He kind of had an up and down start of the season, uh, and their passing game just isn't what their passing game has always been. Uh, defense is great, no doubt about that. Running game can be a little hit or miss. I just I don't trust the Saints to run a gambit in the NFC playoffs. I don't know that they necessarily make it to the Super Bowl. If they make it to the Super Bowl, I think it's kind of a coin flip between them or the Steelers or the Chiefs. Um, but just going on my gut, I, th- I think the Chiefs get back, and I think the Chiefs win. So I'm going with New Orleans. Um, I, I actually do buy into this DVOA. Uh, if you read the articles, by the way, they're associated with uh, their rankings every week. Uh, they're fucking hilarious. Uh, this article actually gives you an exact format for how they want you to complain about their rankings, um, which is fucking gold. They, these guys are clearly hilarious, the football outsiders. Um, but I actually do buy into their ranking that New Orleans is that much better than every other team. Listen, guys, New Orleans coasted the past three weeks. You know, again, granted against Atlanta twice and, uh, a bat, you know, a, not even a quarterback in the Broncos. But... I don't think it's said enough what they're doing with Taysom Hill and really just dominating Atlanta twice. Um, their defense is better than it's ever been, ever been. Currently number ranked number two, according to this metric. Uh, their offense is good, and I think it's going to be even better when Drew Brees comes back. So um, Drew Brees kind of resting up. You know, he comes back in. Um, I really, truly believe that New Orleans wins. In, in fact, I'm just going to call it right now. NFC Championship, New Orleans Rams. Uh, AFC Championship, I'm going to go Pittsburgh uh, uh, Chiefs. What do you yeah, guys I, I, want, I want a Pittsburgh Packers rematch so bad. I mean, if Rashard Mendenhall doesn't fumble that ball in the 28-yard line, Steelers go and score and win. Um, so that's, that's where my heart is. But, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think how, how you can not go in my mind, uh, Saints-Chiefs with the Chiefs winning. Yeah. Man, it's, it's going to be interesting. It, it is a very interesting, you know, down the road. I don't think we need to talk about MVP. I, I, no. I, it, we don't even need to talk about that anymore, man. Patrick Mahomes is going to win MVP this year. Um, the Seahawks dropping to the Giants. I mean, get get out of here. Russell Wilson's done for that for that conversation. I think, I think the only way that that changes is if either Patrick Mahomes just for some reason plays way down or gets hurt. And then Aaron Rodgers finishes strong. I think Aaron Rodgers is the only threat that he has, just because he has. Th- I think thirty is it thirty six or thirty eight total touchdowns. Thirty six um, and four through the air. Thirty six and four. So he's he's there, but I just think if the Chiefs can, you know, if the Chiefs finish fifteen and one, there's no way. Dude, Patrick Mahomes is negative five hundred. For those that don't know, what that means that means you win one fifth of your bet. Um, so you bet a dollar, you win a dollar and twenty cents. That yeah. that is how is how big of a favorite Patrick not Mahomes worth, is. Not worth betting on an injury for that kind of return. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, um, Josh Allen's the only other guy in consideration, in my opinion. But um, you know, it's another another topic. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna ride Mahomes with you there. Yeah, Mahomes for sure. Um, and then yeah, what about what about offensive rookie of the year? Oh, rookie of the year. I, I think uh, I think offensive player of the year and offensive rookie of the year both could potentially come from Minnesota, being Dalvin Cook and uh, uh, Jefferson. Um, I don't know if one team has ever produced both of those, but uh, that's where my offensive vote is. Is and uh, obviously T.J. Watt's defensive player of the year, in my opinion. Guys, I think that. 
the door opened. Uh, I thought it was Justin Herbert's to lose. I think he's going to open that door wider for Justin Jefferson. I think it's really going to come down to the last few weeks here. Um, just because there's a premium at the quarterback position, if Justin Herbert finishes averaging 300 yards and three touchdowns in each of the last weeks, I think he wins it. Um, but barring that kind of performance, I mean, Justin Jefferson's doing ridiculous things. Has there any? Ever yeah, been no, a- I, mean, I, I thought I thought it was a four horse race when we last talked about this a month ago. I thought, you know, I mean, I thought it was Burrow. I thought it was um, Herbert, uh, Jefferson, and Claypool. For some reason, Claypool's usage, like he's he's getting a quarter of the snaps in Pittsburgh. It's super weird that they're not using him. Burrow's down, Herbert's slumping. Um, So yeah, I mean, it does look like Jefferson is uh, is is the lead horse right now. But yeah, you know, if I was if I I am a betting man, I would go Herbert. I, I just like him to put it together, and that seems to be more of a quarterback, you know, award. So um, I think I would still go Herbert, but uh, with, with the caveat that Jefferson's leading right now. Guys, Justin Jefferson is running away with his award, and it's really not even close. I, 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 honestly, after after just after Herbert just absolutely just laid an egg last week, Justin Jefferson already has a thousand yards. Let's say that he just averages fifty yards for the next four weeks. That's pretty. Con- that's a pretty conservative estimate. The way that this guy's been playing, and he's getting better. He is just ridiculous. He doesn't even have the targets to support his numbers. Look at his stats. He has 84 targets, 61 catches, and over 1,000 yards. He is a great jump ball receiver. He gets elite separation, and he's already running elite routes. I've not seen a guy like this in quite some – well, honestly, McLaren. We were just talking about it last week, how underrated McLaren is. Um, Justin Jefferson is having a very similar year, except for I would say even better – um, and I, he, if he puts up two more hundred yard games, we're talking about a guy that could potentially, you know, go over 1300 yards. We have not seen a rookie seat. If that happens, we have not seen a rookie season like that since Randy Moss. So but he's, but he's also making big catches too, yes. not just big plays, but like big time, big moment catches. Uh, I've been beyond impressed with him, man. I, I did, did not see that coming. He's an absolute. Yeah, I just stud. think the only the only reason I'm not willing to just say it's done is because Herbert does close with the Raiders, uh, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. So the Chiefs, he's going to be need to throwing. Uh, the Broncos are not a good defense, and AJ Boye just goes out with uh, with a PED suspension. And the Raiders are, for whatever reason, the Raiders are fucking terrible now. See, yeah, if, 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 he th- if he throws for a thousand more yards and 10, 10 touchdowns over over the, that four game stretch, I don't know how you don't put him. Yeah, that, that, that put him at forty two hundred yards and thirty three touchdowns. I, yeah, that that's that's offensive rookie of the year. Sorry, Drew, I, I get everything you're saying, but I think all those are possible. I think he could throw uh, for two fifty a game and you know two and a quarter touchdowns a game. We're I talking. That's all. We're talking awesome. historical greatness uh, for both players, but I think that one player, if if he truly, if he goes on a run and and if and if he breaks, you know, Randy Moss's ridiculous rookie records, I mean, I I, I would think it would be ridiculous not to give it to him. Like if it, now if if Herbert does, you know, break, you know, the touchdown record, uh, breaks some other records like that, then yeah, of course you got to give it to him. But I think relatively speaking. Who's been more important to their team? I mean, Jesus Herbert can't win a game. I mean, that's that's not that's not even a question. I mean, but but again, we're talking about NFL awards here, where we know it's a quarterback league. Do I think who's oh. more who, who's more deserving of it? Justin Jefferson, no no question. But it's still a quarterback league. Yeah. Yep. I uh, defensive player of the year. I think Watts a no brainer. Uh, he's been just fucking absolutely dominant. Uh, a defensive rookie of the year, Chase Young, who's not overrated. Fuck you, Marcus. Um, that's he'll have he'll have more Pro Bowls than Joe Burrow. I yep. said it. 
Chase but, Young has four sacks this season. I think three of them came in one game. He's highly overrated, boys. Yeah, sacks are an overrated stat. Speaking of overrated. I think he's got, what, 30 tackles? Yeah, you signed a DN four sacks. Yeah. Um, no. I think <laughs> weren't, weren't, weren't you saying Garrett was overrated with the Browns, too? Pretty sure that I, came out of your mouth. I, 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 yeah, for that, he's for a little that money, bitch, but for that money, he's, he's talented, man. But he he hasn't earned that hundred million guaranteed contract. Uh, he's very good, uh, but he's not even you know, TJ. So Watt speaking of guys uh, that Marcus is wrong on, let's talk about Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So Jalen Hurts. Uh, that, honestly, that that's huge news. Um, I think that everyone just assumed that the Eagles were just going to stick it out with Carson Wentz. He got this fucking contract. By the way, guys, this contract is not even kicked in yet. He hasn't even paid a dollar from this fucking extension yet. So everyone just assumed they had to grit and bear it. Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts came in last week, and I will admit, he's, he brought about a spark. I mean, he was clearly better than Carson Wentz. Now, I'm going to give my take on why I think that is. But what do you guys think about this? And is this going to be a success? He His speed definitely adds up on the next level. I will say that 100%. I think it depends how they use him. If they use him out of the pocket, in the pistol, move him around, I think there's a chance, kind of like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, what Josh Allen should be doing mold. He was still 5 for 12 passing. So let's not pretend like he's going to beat you in the pocket. Um, I think they got to go that way. I mean, you... For better or for worse, they took a took him with a high draft pick, and the answer is for worse. They're, they're drafting recently. Recent history has been fucking atrocious, but they take Jar- Jalen Hurts early. You got to take him. Carson Wentz isn't the guy. The marriage didn't work. Now I think Carson Wentz still has some rubber left on the tires. I think he can go somewhere else in a system that's a little more pocket oriented, does a better job of protecting the quarterback, and he has the opportunity to be successful. Um, but I think his time in Philly should be over, and I think it's the best thing for both parties. Well, here's my take on this. One, I love Jalen Hurts. I've been a huge fan of him. Uh, it, was, it was nice to see him going out and playing well, well enough. You know, Green Bay's not a bad defense. You know, asking anyone just to come in and, you know, fire on a short rest, not, you know, getting starter reps or whatever. He, he played well. Um, Philly's fucked when it comes to this conundrum. The best they can do is trade Jalen Hurts because, uh, and Drew's just getting ready to touch on that. I think it starts twenty-one million next year. They lose sixty million in dead money if they if he's not playing on the team next year. So, if whatever system he's going to, it won't be for three three seasons. And uh, and just to recircle everything, talking about uh, big ass contracts that haven't kicked in yet. You guys, do remember that the uh, salary cap is supposed to be going down Decreasing. roughly. By about 20-some-odd million. Well, Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be getting paid about $40 million or more. Uh, watch out, Kansas City. There's big trouble coming for them. Yes. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm on sport track right now. And, yeah, no, Marcus is right. Uh, the, the dead cap doesn't go down until 2024. They need to move Hertz for a first-round pick, um, multiple first-round picks. Um I, I don't know. I don't think there's a team in the league high what, enough to do that. In what universe would that work? I mean, I mean, maybe it's not a first round pick, but I mean, they got to get at he least. Was a, a he was a second rounder last year, and now his only body of work is he went five for twelve. Yeah. No. No. It's it's going to be it's a tryout season. Worst case scenario, he's going to be uh, ready at the helm for the next season, maybe two. They but, literally uh, can't move. They can't move Wentz. Wentz is their quarterback for the next four seasons. Now, how does but how does how does that guarantee if he gets moved to a different team that salary the salary cap hit goes with him? No. So so the base salary stays the same. The dead cap 
stays with the team. I see. All right. See, you meant to say move Wentz. You said Hurts, and I was really confused. No, no, no. I meant move Hurts. They can't move Wentz because of the dead cap. Yeah, but you said move him for multiple first-round picks. How? What? But but they still have Jalen Hurts under a rookie deal, so they can still do it. I know, but tra- who's going to trade yeah. a first-round pick for Jalen Hurts? N- nobody, nobody on earth. I mean, he 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 looked average last week. But here's the thing: here's why they have to start him. Protect Carson Wentz. He's still your asset, right? So so their extension starts next year, or his extension starts next week year. You have to understand that this is one of the worst offensive lines in the league. And just like what Derek was saying, they are not Carson Wentz is not built for this offense. They need to try and restart in the offseason and build an offense around him. It's really their only fucking shot. They have they can't trade Carson Wentz. I've I've heard this this uh, fantasy about trading him to the Colts, like as if there's any world where this is going to work. It's it's not going to fucking happen. They need to build an offensive line in the offseason. Acknowledge that Hurts is the only thing that will work in this offense because any quarterback that's playing is going to be running for their life. That's why Hurts kind of works here is because you see him in that offense, he gets the ball and he's immediately fucking running, immediately scrambling like that. He's got the speed to get away from defenders and Carson Wentz doesn't. So I, I think, you know, th- this season's done. What are they going to do? Go to the playoffs and fucking lose an embarrassing loss at home? Like, get out of here. Like, just they'll get a top, and, and, get a top four pick. Exactly. Oh, and that pipe dream. Uh, build build your draft picks. Go fuck up another draft, Eagles. We were lo- <laughs> we, we were looking at the Eagles drafts for the last seven years. It is embarrassing, folks. Em- like two-thirds of their, their draft picks aren't on the roster right now. Ever since they traded those two first-round picks for Carson Wentz, that fucking franchise has been on a ride of the of a lifetime, and it's it. They got lucky. I'm telling you, this is a bad franchise that fell upon a transcendent roster, and I don't think we're ever going to see it again. I think I think the Doug Peterson era is over. I think the Carson Wentz era is over. I think we're about to see an embarrassing fall from grace. We're already seeing it, but I think it's just going to get fucking worse and worse and worse. They've made these marriages that they can't get out of. They can't fucking get out of these marriages. Like it's like when you propose when you're drunk. Who's ever done that? <laughs> um. <laughs> so, so just 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 real quick, I had to do some research because you know I listened to some quarterbacks that that got a first round pick. And Drew, you should know this. Um, Sam Bradford went to Minnesota for so maybe multiples was wrong for a first round pick. You're comparing um, Sam Bradford and Jalen Hurts. Get out of here. Carson Palmer went from Cincy to Oakland. You, you, Jay so, Cutler, so, so you've just named two former number one overall picks. I don't I don't see where, where you're going with this. Jalen Hurts does not have the pedigree. He doesn't have the stats. Who's going to trade a first rounder for a guy and, that's And played? let's look at a more recent example. Yeah. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals take Josh Rosen with the first overall pick and then have to dump, I think they got like a third for him yeah. heading to Miami. Yeah, I mean, you, if, the, if the Colts win the division and they have a you know, a bottom 10 pick, I could see them trading for Hertz. I could see them trading a first for Hertz. If they have a bottom 10 pick, if they have anything 22 or below, I could see the Colts doing that. God, why not just roll the dice in a, in a really good quarterback draft? It's, it's, see, it just doesn't make any sense. They, they could, they could use a first round pick and another draft and trade up and try and get a quarterback. Now. I, I just, I don't, I don't quite understand the logic. Nobody's going to trade a first round pick for Jalen Hertz. You know, there's, there's a quarterback coming in this draft, uh, from uh, North Dakota State as well. That's gonna bomb in New England when they when they finished eight and eight and snag him at fifteen. Man, he's so overrated. Yeah, he, he, who who does he kind of remind you of? You know, there's always these guys in these smaller schools. 
You know, honestly, I I saw a Josh Freeman uh, comparison. Uh, stature, great arm, great arm strength. But I'm I'm watching the watching some of the highlights, watching a little bit of film on him. Terrible footwork, and and just like any athlete, the, the basics and the mechanics really translate in, into the next level. Not just being better than everybody, like his arm talent. There's going to be a lot of work for that guy. Carson Wentz, also from North Dakota State. Yeah. He, he, so he kind of reminds me of Jordan Love. And I'm not talking about the way that they play. I'm just talking about his transcendence into just all of a sudden being in the conversation of one of these guys that could go. Um, and look how bad Jordan Love lo- looks. you got to be really weary of these small co- uh, college quarterbacks. I know Vandy plays for SEC, but when Jay Cutler came out, I was like, what the fuck are the Broncos doing? Everybody saw something that I never saw. He ended up being a one-time Pro Bowler in his entire career. Um I, you got to watch out for these small-time colleges and, and you know, these rising talents that just kind of seem to come out of nowhere. They rarely work out. Rarely. Yeah. But there's a handful that I would take, too. I mean, I would take Tony Romo. I would take Josh Allen. I would take, uh, I mean, what, Southern Mississippi? Isn't that where Brett Favre went? Yep. Like, there, there, there's some guys, there's some small school guys that rise quick that I would take. See, but you wouldn't or, have taken Romo. Nobody took Romo. The Cowboys didn't even take Romo until what? Like no, f- no, but I'm saying like looking back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. In yeah, hindsight, yeah. of course. Of course, yeah. I mean, in hindsight, I would have went back and taken, you know, uh, um, God damn, why, why am I blanking on his name? Alcorn State. Oh, uh, Steve McNair. Yeah. <laughs> in hindsight, yeah, I, mean, I would have taken. The Patri- if the Patriots go 8-8 and eight and take pick 15 and they take the next Josh Allen, I'm very happy with that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, they seem to not work out more than they do. Yeah. No, I you mean, say that about quarterback in general. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, for that's sure. Touché. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, how many get taken every year? 13, 14 get taken every year. You can say that about every Alabama quarterback. <laughs> so, guys, I want to get your take. Uh, I don't know. I watched the whole game. I don't even know why. There was one minute left in the fourth quarter. Have you ever just watched the whole game? And you're like, why the fuck am I watching this game? This is a terrible game. I, watched, I was drinking wine and putting together an Ikea end, uh, end table. Yep, I watched the entire Ravens-Cowboys game last night, and holy shit, I've never seen a team crush another team so badly and still be so unimpressed with them. Um, I think the Ravens are in trouble. Lamar Jackson had 107 yards passing. They steamroll him on the, on the running game, but holy shit. All right, first of all, the Cowboys seem to be getting worse. Is Mike McCarthy done? I, he's got to be done, right? How fucking bad! I don't, is that? I don't know how. He, I don't know how he even started to begin with. Like, I don't know how they, they why they thought that was the the right move for the Cowboys. But yeah, he's got to be fucking done. He's terrible. I called it from the start because he got that. He got the super boring. That's why. Yeah, um, crazy, crazy what one ring can do I, for you. Yeah, yes. I know. Uh, but I'm telling you, man, Dallas is making a push to have solid capital to move up for Justin Fields at two. Yeah, it's just true. Down, yes. that's that's still that's still my take, and that'd be the that'd be the best thing for Dallas to do. 100%. Can they? They can. You can tag like a transition tag. They can tag Dak again, can't they? Yes, they can. Yep. Do you tag and trade Dak if you get Fields? Well, with, without a doubt, without a doubt, you try to. Um, but I mean, you're talking what he was going to be wanting close to forty million dollars a year, which you know, as we just talked about, the caps going down. That's rough. That's just over 20% of your entire salary cap. And there's just too many things going on in Dallas right now. You know, being able to have a young rookie deal quarterback who's mobile and and very talented. You know, I'm a big fan of Justin Fields. That's truthfully the best thing they could do. I still think, I think Dalton is still a below replacement, slightly below uh, replacement quarterback. I don't think he's 
he's he's a journeyman. He's he's you know you can a usable guy. Seeing the drop off from Dak to him, I think hurt helps Dak's case in any negotiation to say, hey, look look what I was holding together. Without me, this place is a fucking shit show because it has been. So I I think he's in a good bargaining position. The cap going down definitely hurts him from what he originally wanted, but there's definitely value there from a Cowboy standpoint. I know we talked about this with the the Jets. If they're going to have good draft capital, is this a situation where you trade back because it is such a QB-heavy draft? Do you stick with the Dak marriage for a couple more years and and build out the rest of your roster? Because just like the Jets, I mean, defensively, they they have holes everywhere. I'd, I'd definitely consider it for sure. Um, like Vander Ash is supposed to be their guy, and he looks like just another replaceable guy. Have, have you ever seen? All right, it's like it, watching the Cowboys is like watching that shitty manager in your fantasy league every year that just always makes the same fucking mistakes. This last offseason, can we just recount some of the Cowboys' moves? Every single one of them blew up in their face. They go out, they sign uh, Amari Cooper to a long term deal. Why did they do that? Who knows? Just prior to last season, they signed Ezekiel Elliott while they, when they could have locked up Dak for a long-term deal for reportedly like just under $40 million. At the time, that seemed ridiculous. Now it's almost looking like a bargain at this point. Um, they go out, they get, who they get? McCoy from the Bucks. Um, every single move that they make is cursed. And then the Andy Dalton, the Andy Dalton thing, Man, I just love getting seeing the Cowboys just get crushed by their own hubris. Because if you've been if you've been keeping your your finger on the pulse of Cowboys fans, they've been saying since prior to the season that they liked Dalton more than Dak. It's just like, how dumb can you be? It's not like this guy has not been in the NFL for a long time. He's been in the fucking NFL for a decade. He's been in the NFL for, we already know exactly what Dalton brings to the table. Like, what is that all about? I I don't understand it. And it's so satisfying. A lot of teams, they keep succeeding despite their bullshit Patriots. But the fucking Cowboys, they're one team that they always, we always get the payoff with the Cowboys. All their moves, they always pay off exactly like exactly like you think they're going to. It's beautiful. But I think I think that's I think that's a perfect example of like two opposites. Patriots have a system. They know what kind of players they can get. They know they can get discount in certain positions because they have an identity for that role and they know how to piece together two or three guys. It's, it's fucking Moneyball. They can take a guy and platoon him. And all right, you play first and second. You play third down. Like this is together. You make a replaceable line, outside linebacker. Right. The Cowboys like do the opposite. The Cowboys are like, okay, well, we just signed Amari Cooper to a huge deal. We have Gallup. What are, what are we going to do in the first round? Oh, let's go take another wide receiver. Mm-hmm. That we have no defensive secondary. Like it's just they they make the wrong decision at every turn. Yep. With no identity, they just piecemeal together all these guys. I mean, what role do you have? Amari Cooper on the outside. You have Gallup who's an outside. And now you add another outside receiver. I just I don't understand like filled team needs. Yeah, like CeeDee Lamb's gonna be a stud, and yet it was still a terrible draft pick. Yeah. Right. It's fucking right. weird. It's 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 weird how they do it, man. They they're all about they want their next TO. They always want these splash players rather than just making sound football decisions. It's it's really and they, and they fucking ridiculous. build the best offensive line probably in the history of the NFL, and they just let it crumble yes. one one year at a time yep. instead of just plugging the gaps in it. The Cowboys are their own worst enemy. They can't get out of their own way. I love it. But does anybody love it? Yep. Everybody loves it. It's Jerry Jerry Jones does, man, because he's getting paid with the splash splash picks, splash uh, signings. Uh, That's all that is. It's making them money. Um, Stupid as hell. But, hey, if you're making money is what it is. He's got his rings. It's like like Can we talk about how the Ravens are going to blow the doors off the Browns on Monday night? 
and, and Vegas thinks so. Put it this way. The, the Ravens just looked awful against the Cowboys. They haven't played well for a while. Vegas wow. has them as a point-and-a-half favorite on the road. Um, if that tells you what people think of the Cleveland fucking Brownies and Baker Mayfield, there is no, like Drew. I know you got a pretty funny shtick, and, and it's it's hilarious. Steelers are the worst eleven zero team. They're still the worst eleven one. No, no, no. Sorry, that's Marcus's shtick. He started that. I just oh, continued Mar- it because the comments Marcus were fucking hilarious. That. Well, it, it it's funny, but I mean, the Browns have to be the worst nine and three team to ever be nine and three. Um, they, they are they are absolute phonies. Um. And 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 Vegas knows that's why they're putting Drew. How bad were the Ravens last night? Yeah, they're horrible, and yet they doubled up the Cowboys' score. But the Cowboys are that bad that you can't buy anything into that. So I mean, I I think the Ravens are absolutely going to blow the doors off the Browns. I, I think this is one of one one of the games where the Browns put up six, twelve, thirteen points, and the Ravens do almost exactly what they did last night. How did the fucking Ravens score thirty four points? That offense was so bad. But I think they do it again. I think they beat the Browns 31-13 uh, on primetime on Monday. Yeah, you, you can't. Uh, Stephen A, I love that too. Yeah, you can't run like that against the Browns. Um, I, I don't think they're going to blow the doors off the Browns completely. I do think they'll win. They won very soundly, by the way, last game that they played them. Um, but I do the Bravens, the rate, the Bravens, the Ravens are so much worse than they were last year. Weirdly enough, their defense, I think, might actually be even better than last year. But that offense, dude, is bad. They they are even worse at passing this year. Uh, it's it's I don't even know how their receiving core got worse, but it did somehow. <laughs> um, and Lamar Jackson, dude, I, I sent you guys a video of that one pass he made. That was so fucking bad. Lamar Jackson, no pressure whatsoever. He made a beautiful dime pass just to play later, by the way. But he threw this ball at this guy's ankles. He was fucking wide open on a cross route. And just dropped it right at the guy's ankles. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, he's not a quarterback. And he, it, it, he's just going to get continue to get exposed, I think. He's throwing 63%. That's his completion percentage. That is horrendous. And, and especially when you figure out he's only throwing for seven. Like, 63 yard, uh, 63% is bad. If you have like a, you know, a, a, a 15 yard, a 12 to 15, you know, you have some down the field taking shots. You know, he's his, his average is seven yards and he's still throwing 63%. Right. That's horrible. Yeah, well, they, they, de- they desperately miss Marshall Yonda. But, you know, just like I've said earlier in the season, uh, Lamar Jackson's just a fast Alex Smith, man. You can't throw the ball downfield. It's true. And I'm, and I'm, you know, sounds bad, but it's very accurate. 20th in QBR. I'm like steep ball. They, they, they don't have Aussie anymore. They don't have their draft whiz anymore. Um, they have a quarterback that I don't think ever gets better at passing. Um, they have no wide receivers. They have a really good defense, but are they going to continue to supply that defense with talent? I think we might be seeing the end of the Ravens, uh, you know, dynasty. Well, wh- whatever the fuck we've seen out of the Ravens. Yeah. They, they, they've been weirdly up and down, and they stole that one, last Super Bowl. They really did steal that Super Bowl. <laughs> but um, I, I, I honestly think... Dude, there, there's nothing to worry about with the, the Steelers or the, the Ravens for a very long time. I, I think that they're kind of done. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're going to be playing good defense because they, they are still getting young talent like Patrick Queens, and he's he's progressed uh, pretty solidly throughout the season. Um, but show Hollywood Brown, whatever. Um, if, you, if you, like, look at him on the field, like Tyreek Hill's small, but Tyreek Hill's stacked, and he looks like an athlete out there. Marquise Brown looks like he's in high school out on that field. Like he just doesn't look like he. Well, and the, and the problem with with Brown is Tyree Kill is small, 
and he's a speedy guy, but he runs good routes and he converts. He catches the fucking football. Brown does not. Yeah. Brown doesn't get separation. He doesn't use his body to to create room for him to make a catch. He's literally he runs like three routes and if he's wide open, he makes a catch. He may, he's fast. He's good after the catch, but he he's not making contested catches. Mm-hmm. And him and Lamar are like the worst possible combination for each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you have a, you have a, a quarterback who's not putting the ball right on time, right in the window, and you have a guy who can't make the plays outside of that window. Yeah, I still think Antonio Brown would have been a much better fit uh, with the Ravens than he is with the Bucks. Um, I think they would have weirdly fit really well i do want to ask you guys so there's two six and six teams on each side of the board one is actually currently in the playoff hunt at if the season ended right today today the vikings would be in the playoffs on the other side you have the surging patriots who look better than fucking ever their defense is clicking on all cylinders um somehow they're making it work despite cam newton throwing like 60 yards last week i think he threw um what do you guys think do the patriots have any shot do the vikings have any shot um, I was I was looking at schedules earlier. Um, I think Pate, the New England's, they have a gauntlet coming, man. Uh, uh, they have a very tough. They got Miami, Buffalo, Rams, and they finish with the Jets as the uh, week eighteen to push back to eight and eight. But uh, I, they're getting better, but it's not going to be enough. Minnesota's got a cakewalk coming through after Tampa. Um, you know, I told you guys a couple weeks back. I think that they can piece enough. You obviously, had a sloppy game against Jacksonville. I still think they piece it just enough together, and I think a couple of those teams from the uh, the NFC West are are going to split a few more games, include because you know the Rams still have a tough schedule. Seattle's only got one left. Uh, Arizona's got a tough finish. Between the two, I'm taking the Vikings to uh, slide into the playoffs. As a, as a Patriots fan, this was like the worst case scenario, um, where the Cam Newton experience didn't work, which which is fine. I didn't think it was. I didn't really think it was going to. I was excited to have him in place because you know, at least it was something, and, and it was kind of a transition year with so many people out from COVID and, and every and, you know the loss of Tom Brady. But this is the like worst case scenario because fucking Bill Belichick is too good and has too much pride. He was never going to tank. Uh, even though it's a mastermind, evil genius thing to do, he's he's a prideful guy, and he think he really has a pride in doing you know the things quote unquote the right way, even though he he steps past that sometimes. Uh, um, allegedly, allegedly, steps your past words, that Derek, not ours. But the, the, problem, <laughs> the problem is like Gerard Mayo and Steve Belichick are dialing up great defensive plans week after week to completely neutralize teams' number one attack, just like they always have, even without some of those key players. And they actually hit on a, def- a pass rusher for one time. Uche, uh, the rookie uh, defensive end, is the most efficient rookie pass rusher, according to uh, Pro Football Focus. He's not getting the playing time you would hope he would get with that kind of efficiency. So they're probably picking their spots with him, putting him in favorable matchups. But he's looked good. Um, and that's kind of the key to how the Patriots run their pass rush. So this is the worst-case scenario. They're going to win. They're probably going to go 8-8 eight and eight and miss the playoffs. Uh, so they don't get to, you know a playoff game. They don't get to keep that streak going and then they still have a shitty draft pick even though they're not on paper a good team and by the way pro football focus is terrible i don't know if you guys saw but uh that bud dupree is number 70 uh end over there from this season that's insane when you're talking about double digit sack season all right anyways so let let me first get started on the afc side if you if you want to check out a a gauntlet check out the dolphin schedule i I think they go oh and oh and four one and three um, you can eliminate Miami from making the playoffs. 
Um, uh, the, the Colts, I think, uh, I think the Colts lose two or three more. Maybe I think they go nine and seven. Um, I don't know how that tiebreaker is going to shake out, but I think the Patriots also go nine and seven. I think they go three and one, uh, in their, in their remaining four. And I think the Patriots are right there at that seventh or eighth spot. Um, because I think, I think Baltimore leaps into Miami's spot. I think, I think Cleveland gets the five seed. I think uh, Baltimore gets the six seed. And then I think that seventh seed is really between uh, New England and Indy. So, you know, I, I put I put the, the Patriots at a 50-50 shot of getting in. And I honestly think uh, Minnesota is, is right there, too. I don't think they have a cakewalk. Um, I think they go eight and eight. I think they lose to the Saints and Bucks. Um, but I also think the Cardinals go eight and eight. And Minnesota holds the tiebreaker on them right now. So, um, you know, it, Drew, you asked a great question. I think we see that picture cleared up really well, which one of those teams get in after this week. I think if the Patriots can beat the Rams, and I think if Minnesota can beat the uh, the Bucks, I think both teams have a great shot. Um, if if the Patriots lose, I still think there's a path. Um, if, if, the, if Minnesota loses, uh, I still think there's a path, but it's, it's a little tougher. So, so that's that's the interesting thing because if the, if the Patriots do win and get to nine uh, and seven, they have the tiebreaker. They would have the tiebreaker on the Dolphins in that scenario, and they do have the tiebreaker on the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. I, see, I, no, no. I, I've said for a while. I think the Patriots are going to get in, and outside of the Chiefs, that's the only that's the only team they have. See, as a Steeler fan, that I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the Browns, the Ravens, the Bills. I'm only worried about the Chiefs and the Patriots. Um, the seven-two matchup of uh, of the the Patriots coming to Pittsburgh scares the ever living. Well, that's the reverse of what I was saying with the Steelers. Is everything the only things the Patriots do well is run the football and play defense? So now that's more of a formula in the playoffs. That's a scary. I, yep. you, know, you could you could steal a win with a good game plan. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I I I've been I've been championing the 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 Patriots slipping into the playoffs for a while now, um, and that's starting to get real and real as we move I, on. I think it was uh, five five or six weeks ago. We had just an incredible full slate of football. Is is it not kind of very similar this week? There's a lot of really good games. A lot of Dude, this will be such games. a great week of football. Oh, man, it's 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 amazing. And you guys are uh, ready for this one. The, the, the guy should be coach of the year will pull off the upset of the week. What? No way. No way. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this on Sunday for the gambling pod. That is it. That's wild. Flores over the Chiefs. It's coming, wow. baby. Okay, yeah. Chief, Chief, so you think uh, <laughs> Flores is going to beat the Chiefs? That's that's wild. Um, Bucks Bucks at Vikings. Another wild game. Um, r- huge playoff implica- implications on both sides. Let's face it. If the Bucks lose this game, they have a still a, pr- a really good road to the playoffs. But it gets a little murkier, man. And if they lose to the Vikings at home. Let's face it, that's a really fucking bad loss. The Vikings barely scraped by against uh, the Jaguars. I don't think the Vikings are any good. Um, I don't think so either. I, I, I think that we're going to get blown out by the Bucs personally. Uh, but if the Vikings do beat the Bucs, then I will completely change my fucking mind because uh, Tom Brady coming off a of bye week, uh, they're going to get a little bit more healthy. They, the Bucs are pretty banged up. Um, the, the Vikings' only chance in this game is to just air it out, and I don't think Kirk Cousins has it in him. Uh, with the pass rush that the Bucks have, uh, in combination with the fact that Kirk Cousins can't really throw a great, although he's been a lot better this year, um, Justin Jefferson has to have a game of a lifetime for them to win this game. 
I, I, I don't think they have a chance. Yeah. It's going to be close. I actually, I like, I like Minnesota plus the touchdown coming off the bye from Tampa's tough, but um, Dalvin's going to have probably his, probably his least productive day of the season. Um, and, you know, he's, he, he'll probably rack up some yards and catches, but when you're talking about like on a, on a uh, per touch basis, uh, Tampa's used to, you know, Christian McCaffrey, and they generally shut him down for the last few years. Um, I think I think the, it's Thielen's time to like really shine. Jordan Jefferson's gonna make plays, but Thielen's the, the real key for uh, for the Vikings offense. I, th- I think this will be the fun. I think this will be a fun game, and I think the Vikings cover. Um, it's only, right now it's at six and a half. Uh, but you know, if, if if we're talking money line, like we most uh, most do most often do, I think Tampa Bay wins this game. Well, you, you know I'm rooting for the Vikings, man. I, I still want uh, still want that Super Bowl matchup between us here in Tampa, man. So I'm rooting for the Vikings all the way. We would 100% go to see, that. I, I, the, the Bucks' offenses look disjointed uh, ever since they uh, you know, added Antonio Brown. I don't know if it's a coincidence or if it's um, him taking over a role that was already. I mean, Scotty Miller was doing okay. Yeah, he was becoming a prime part of that offense. He was, you know, that that under route that put the kind of safety blanket. So just placing a guy like that, I don't think they really gain very much. And then maybe team dynamics shift. Bruce Arians has been extremely vocal uh, against Tom Brady, and, and there's a, there started being some rumblings that Tom Brady's not loving it. So, he doesn't like his coach repeatedly throwing him under the bus. Oh man! <laughs> well, there was some speculation in the beginning that oh, it was this bruise, and they were in on it. And hey, I, you're the veteran. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know say what I want to say to the team to you. I never bought into that that kind of you know. No, there's scheme. serious there's serious trouble going on there chemistry wise. Bruce, yeah. Bruce Arians is playing this shit all wrong, all fucking wrong. Like, what are you doing, dude? Play it like Bill Belichick. So, you don't bring in Tom Brady and not don't you, and not give him the keys of the offense, dude. What are you doing taking things public? This guy just came off a what fifteen year career where nothing went public. No more. Right. Sorry, way more than fifteen years. Almost almost a twenty year career my, with my, the he fucking was in New England for nineteen years. Nineteen, almost a twenty year career with New England where nothing went public. And if something did go public, they found the squealer and they cut him. That's mm-hmm. how fucking brutal that shit is. Bruce Arians is playing this all wrong. I've lost. I can't believe the respect that I had for Bruce Arians coming into Tampa. How little I have now. I thought he was going to yeah. come in, revive Jameis's career. Jameis has statistically the worst career uh, game season of his career. Uh, looks even more careless with the football than ever, and gets sacked a bunch of times. Tom Brady comes in, and it's really the same thing. Tom Brady's throwing more interceptions than he's almost ever has, and. I, I dude, I, I can't believe the the level of respect I've lost for Bruce Arians over these past few years. The guys, it makes you it makes you look back and think, okay, so before I thought Bruce Arians was this great quarterback guy, he was a you know good coach, everything. And then you look back and you're like, okay, well, what has he worked with? Ben was was a top was I think he was the fifteenth overall pick or the twentieth overall pick. Yeah, twelfth. Yeah, twelfth. He had Aaron. Oh, uh, he had uh, he had Andrew Luck, and he had Carson Palmer. It's not like in Kurt Warner. It's not like he's like really. Is he doing anything that amazing? He's he's been given you know a Ferrari and he just didn't crash it. Yeah, I mean this now is he's crashing it. <laughs> now he's fucking crashing it's it. A historically great team, the Bucks. If 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 they somehow miss the playoffs, it'll be one of the largest fumblings like of all time. But dude, for, for my money this year, this week, I, I one game that I find so intriguing is Indy at Vegas. Yes, like it's basically elimination game. If if you if you look at the the playoff predictor. Um, if if the Colts win, there's about a 57 percent chance they get in. Um, if the Raiders win, there's like a 49 percent chance they get in. But if whatever team loses drops down to the 20 percent, 
Like, like it, it, it looks really bad for the loser of this game to get into the playoffs. Right. This is absolutely a play-in game. You're starting to talk me into this New England making the playoffs thing because these are two teams on the bubble right ahead of them. Yep. Yep. And, I mean, one of them has to lose. And I think they're both – the Colts are showing a little bit – of life last week after after trending the wrong way for a while the ravens have been tr- or the the raiders have been trending the wrong way for about a month yeah i think i think i think indy wins this game even though i, I don't want that to happen Same. these are my afc darlings too two oh teams I, I you know i, I cheer for i root for um I, I'm, I'm excited to watch and i'm it's the only time you're gonna hear me say i'm glad that i'm eliminated because now i don't have to worry about my guys not producing Fuck you, Josh Jacobs. <laughs> and, worst, uh, worst case scenario, Taylor goes for like 25 fantasy points, and then I have to start really contemplating whether or not I keep him after a fucking <laughs> terrible three quarters of a season. Dude, how bad do him and Dobbins look? Like, uh, that, that's why I'm not a GM, because I wanted Taylor and Do- I didn't really want Dobbins that much. Um, talking about I, a total a total class. Edwards Alaire has not looked good either. No, no, the running back class and and they were so publicized. Like CEH was supposed to be the next coming of Brian Westbrook. Like like uh Taylor was supposed to come in and be like an Adrian Peterson clone. Like Dobbins was supposed to be someone who can complement Ingram and uh and Lamar so well. And all three of them have been just disappointing. The the best running back in that draft is starting to get touches. Huge uh, keeper uh, for Goose next year is Cam Akers. He's looking better and better, man. And he's yeah, been Antonio my Antonio Gibson looks like this this running back steal. Him and James Robinson, I steal, think. Yeah. Especially a PPR format. I'd give me some Gibson. James Robinson is 100% the best running back in this class. The, the guy gets better every fucking week. Uh, the Vikings, you know, not a great defense, but James Robinson dragged them through that game kicking and screaming. Um, James Robinson is a fucking stud. Uh, but yet Swift in Detroit too. I mean, he's disappointing. He can't stay healthy, but the, he, he's solid. Honestly, that that that's a bad draft of running backs. I, I think we can pretty much already declare that. Uh, Clyde's Edwards Hilaire. I mean, people were talking about that guy like he was a guarantee. He is far from a guarantee, man. On such a great team to not be performing, like wow. He's not. He's not a keep. He's not in, a he's, in, he's re, not a keep in redraft time. leagues. He was going like top four. Yeah. And yeah. if you took him top four, you're probably uh, in the bottom handful in your league. Yep. Yep. So totally. uh, do the Steelers get it done against Buffalo this week? It's 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 on everyone's mind. Uh, Colin Cowherd has been really vocal in saying that not only Buffalo is going to win, but they're going to win by a lot. Um, I, I What do you guys think? So we saw this game last year where the Bills almost lost to a duck. Um, you know, the, the Steelers had the ball to tie the game with like less than four minutes ago in the game. And I think duck turned it over or so, something bad happened. Um, but you know, the, the but bills pretty much bring back the identical team. The Steelers bring back almost close to identical team, but we have big Ben. So I, I think, I think this ends up being, uh, in a, a Steelers win. It'll be close because the Steelers don't know how to blow out teams. I think it'll be a great Sunday night game, but I do think the Steelers bounce back. I mean, for me, it's Pouncey coming back, uh, Connor coming back. Finally, there's a, there's a chip coming into Pittsburgh, chip on the shoulder. Uh, they will be missing Bud Dupree. So it's going to come down to the last drive, and it's going to be in Josh Allen's hands. It's, it depends on if he makes the final play, but I'm leaning 24-20 Steelers. Real quick in my notes before I wanted to add this, Joe Hayden's health is huge. Uh, Diggs has been an absolute monster. 
So um, wh- whether Joe Hayden passes concussion protocol. So w- I agree with you, Marcus. Pouncey is huge. Connor's huge. But in my mind, it's all about if they if the Steelers get their number one cornerback um, to, to return Sunday night. I, I think there's a, a, probably a half dozen scenarios and paths for each team. Kind of a coin flip game for me. Um, but I just my mind won't let me bet on the Steelers playing like horseshit three weeks in a row. That's fair. Yeah, uh, the Steelers are going to steamroll Buffalo. Uh, they're favored by two and a half. I'm telling you, they're going they're going to cover and they're going to cover big. Um, I think I still love the Steelers. Uh, I, I just love, uh, dude. If that offense ever gets itself together, they're going to be terrifying. Um, and I think that that can still happen. We're talking just a couple drops away from that already happening in the last couple weeks. Um, two weeks ago, especially, man, those fucking, oh my gosh. Uh, Nine they, drops were the most drops in one game in like that, a decade. The thing that scares me about drops in particular, though, especially uncontested drops, like a lot of them were, is they're like errors in baseball, man. They just they get in your head. And, it's and contagious. You, you're, you're afraid of the fucking football. It's like and free throws. Eric Ebron has that a problem with drops. I, I'm really upset that they didn't. They only started recording drops like three seasons ago because I guarantee he has a historic number of them. He, he's had a problem with catching the football his entire career. Yep. You know who still doesn't have a drop this year? Devontae Adams, who just looks what a stud. God, what a fucking stud, man! Have not. Seen I don't think Larry Fitzgerald has one in his, in his career. Really? <laughs> no, I'm joking. But he he only it's less than ten. Yeah, yeah Fitzgerald's a man. All right, guys. Totally. Anything else you want to wrap this up? Flights to Tunisia means we're wrapping this bad boy up. Um, wild fucking week again last week. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be even wilder this, this week. Uh, don't, whatever you think you know about any team, you don't know shit. Let's just all just accept that. Um, the Cardinals, they continue to fall six and six. The Cardinals are probably going to be the best team for the rest of the year. Who fucking knows with this league anymore? Who knows? Um, any closing thoughts? Washington keeps it rolling. They win against the 49ers. Uh, I'm glad hockey's going to be back uh, the 13th of January, and I'm also glad that the Big Ten did the right thing and let the best team play in the championship. (laughs) All right, guys, from all of us here at the Sports Memory, have a great night. Adios. See you.